listening to a podcast from GravityChurch.com, Lodi, California. I'd like to welcome everybody. Hopefully you've enjoyed the first part of our service tonight. Um, if you're new here, a special welcome to you. If you've never been into uh, a church or particularly this one, um, you're in a safe place. Uh, we come together here. Saturday nights regularly to meet and uh, praise God and be broken because that's what we humans do best. So we come here in search of a spirit that might be able to save us. Hi, Doug. (laughs) Um, So welcome. Uh, I'd like to go back to what Jason said and uh, about next week. We're really serious about people going uh, next week to the concert and if uh, if you want to ride, we're leaving here, where's Shauna? At 5, right? At 5 o'clock. Um, you can see Shauna afterwards, or myself, if you need to be sponsored. If you can't afford it, just let us know. We'll get you there. We'll get you paid. We'll get you in. Um, you can hang out with us. Uh, there's a list on the back. If you don't want to talk to one of us, you can just sign up on the list on the back. It's actually really important that you sign up, whether you talk to us or not, because we need to make sure that we can get account for vehicles and transportation. Um, So, again, sign up, go, it's fun. We all went last year, it's a great, great time. Um, It's really cool what God's doing in this community, Um, bringing churches together. It's something that, um, it's it's one of the, the hearts behind gravity besides, you know, our main heart, which is reaching the lost. Uh, God has clearly spoken to us uh, to do our part in bringing churches together. Unity is is the message behind that. We do a lot of it uh, downtown. Um, so it's really, really cool, a, a real treat to have New Hope and Pastor Dave and Brooke here. It's just awesome. Um, it's, it's obviously showing what God is doing, getting us together. Um, so real quick, I just want to read a little scripture to you. It, Paul uh, is teaching us this very thing. Um, and in this, in this uh, Ephesians chapter 4, he's talking about uh, the body of Christ, which is us, which is the churches um, coming together, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ, which is the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So, you know, what Paul is trying to teach us here is that come together. Come together as believers. Come together as people from different churches, congregations. It doesn't matter, um, you know, what we wear, what we look like, what, what four walls we go worship in. We are all part of the family, God's family. Um, so with that, I'd like to have my good friend, Pastor Dave, come up. He's got a great message for us tonight. Um, please welcome him. Good evening. I'm going to scoot up a little bit. How's that? No, I'm just joking. Be good. Well, I am excited to be here tonight, and I'll just be honest with you. I don't want to sound... Uh, cliche or sound like, hey, he's the guest guy, he's supposed to say this. Actually, I could say a couple of things to that, but I think uh, 
But <laughs> not about you. Um, but honestly, as I, as I was getting prepared this week to share with you tonight, uh, I really feel that what I have to share is definitely ordained for tonight. Uh, as a pastor, the easiest thing for me to do would have been pull out something that I've already preached to my congregation or to my people and share that again with you. But I felt like I came across a, a scripture that has some stuff in it tonight that I believe is going to be some key ingredients for people in the room tonight. And that's you. Say you. All the way to the back, coffee bar thing. How come you guys say always come to the coffee bar? It's got a name, Gravity Grounds. I mean, come to the coffee bar. I know what it is. Just secretly want to be at the bar. So you say, come to the cafe, coffee bar. Anyway, that's for Vince. I'm just me. Um, so I'm going to share, and then I'm going to sh- just kind of talk from my heart and, and a, a little bit of what's going on. Wh- where I'm going to be, if you have a Bible and you want to turn there, or if you've got an iPhone or you've got a phone that's got an app or Somebody's got a Bible in the seat next to you. Just turn to Psalm chapter 25. Most of the psalm will be up there, I believe. You guys have that tonight? But Psalm chapter 25 is where I'm going to be. And the title of what I felt for tonight is the invitation of the Lord. Invitation of the Lord. Here's the thing. When I came across the scripture and I was just getting prepared, and even today, how many have ever felt like, man, I wish God would talk to me? I wish I could hear God talk to me. You know, I wish that I could listen and hear for the first time in my life for some of us or at some point in our life for some of us or maybe again for some of us, God to talk to me. I remember he did it once a long time ago right, when I was a kid. I, I believed it was God or, or, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't know if I know that God talks to people anymore but maybe that's you in that arena of that idea of, man, I'd, I think it'd be just really awesome that God would talk to me. I want to take you into this psalm, and I want to take you to some stuff, but I also want to take you something more than just God wanting to talk to you. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. Let's turn to Psalm 25, verses 4 through 5. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth, and teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Listen, our desire, based off of that scripture, our desire should be those key ingredients there. It should be our desire. Now, naturally, it's not our desire. It's totally against everything we want to do. We really don't want to see God's ways. We really don't want to go down God's path. We really don't want to be guided in truth, and we really don't want to hear God say anything to us. Now, we do want hope. Most of us want that, but we don't want to go down the avenue in which it requires But our desire should be that both of being instructed and guided by God himself. I would say most of us humans, we're all humans, most of us humans want the hope of God, but we don't want the instruction that goes with it. And I believe that because I believe all Americans, if you're American, raise your hand. All right, so that's everybody in the room. I just want to make sure that there's nobody from another country here that doesn't understand. All Americans have the natural bent desire to have the hope or the end product, but to ignore the instruction that goes with that. 
I heard a preacher say this, and I shared this with my church before. If you don't believe me that Americans don't like instruction, put a sign on your, on your lawn at your house and say, keep off the grass. Now, now, I'm not talking about some other forms of grass. I'm talking about the lawn. Keep off the grass. He said there will be people who will drive to your house, get out of their car, and walk on your grass just because you have a sign that says to keep off because we don't like to be instructed or told what to do. And so part of this scripture is the fact that if we want the end result, we have to also have the first thing that comes out of the gate, which is the instruction that goes along from God. See, I think it's amazing in a way that we're quick to gain wisdom from the newest guru in life, the newest person in the arena of whatever we're interested in or whatever we like to participate in. Maybe it's a business, maybe it's a career, maybe it's a hobby, maybe it's a sport, whatever it is. As soon as there's someone new on the market, we want to read all about their their technique. We want to read all about their ability. We want to find out what kind of diet they're doing. That's a good one for, for people diets. We love the newest diet that's out. You know, here's a good diet. Don't eat as much as you eat. Lay off the coffee bar. Just give the money instead. But here's the thing. I mean, when something comes along, we are so quick as humans as our, our, our ability to want to adapt to that type of thing. I mean, the newest fad, the newest fashion, the newest car. I mean, if this car gets 60 miles a gallon, but they come up with one that's got 120 miles to the gallon, we want to rush and go by. The, we want to know everything about the newest thing, the stuff that's there. We want to be instructed by the greatest teachers. And I thought about it this way. Uh, uh, golf magazines. I mean, there's someone new on the cover every month. If you've ever seen a golf magazine at your dentist or at the doctor or, 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 or Starbucks, maybe there was one laying there, I don't know, or something. But, you know, you want to find out how to swing better, how to swing faster, those kind of things. I think about a musician. Uh, we, we look at guitar magazine. We look at bass player magazine. We look at drummer world, all those kind of things. We want to know the techniques. And, and, and I even got an app on my, my iPad that says guitar lick of the day that I can go and watch the newest guitar lick of the day and just watch it and never, ever be able to play it, but just watch it. Because we're interested in that kind of stuff. I mean, we want to know. If, if we're communicators like I am, like your pastor is, like some other people you know, when, when we hear somebody and we like the way they talk, we want to study the way they talk. We want to study the way that they deliver their message to people. We like the way people communicate, so we listen and we hear and we, we pick up techniques. That's just the nature of who we are as humans. And, and I would say that, to be honest with you, if there's someone in your life or there's someone in the arena of something you want to get better at, hey, you should go learn from that individual. I mean, growing and learning is a great thing. I want you to become a better person. You want to become a better person. Your wife, your husband, your family wants you to become better people. And most importantly, God wants you to become a better person. It's true. So it's okay to go and gain and learn and get information and those kind of things. But when it comes to the matter of our personal spiritual lives, listen to David say to God, Teach me your ways. Notice he's not writing that to another king in another country. Notice he's not looking at another great leader in the land somewhere going, hey, can I come spend some time at your castle and we can hang out and have coffee and you could teach me how to be a good king? Because there's something about that some of those things that are offered in the world 
don't compete with what God has to offer in our life. David was seeking after the master of life and living, and he's asking him, teach me, show me the ropes. Show me your methods, God. Show me your ways, God, for living this life that I'm in. And we can read the story of David. We can read in the Old Testament. We can read in the book of Psalms and the book of Kings, and we can read in the book of Chronicles. We can look through his life, and we can find out that David was human just like us. But he had a heart to pursue after the things of God. He wanted to know more. He wanted to know more of what God was wanting in his life. And so he asked him, God, please teach me, show me, put me on the pathway that guides me in truth so that I can have hope is the end result of my life. So what wisdom that we can find from the psalmist to gain wisdom from God, from the one who's the creator of life. Listen, humanity in this area of pursuing after God, we're really weak. We're really weak in this area. We do really well at pursuing after things that do not matter, but we do really terrible. And I'll be honest with you, we all do it. We do a very terrible job at continually pursuing after God with that idea. Part of the reason is because we're so smart and intelligent, right? We're so smart and intelligent. Hey, let's just be honest, we are because God created us that way. But the problem is that gets us into trouble because we think that we have arrived to some place that we don't need God's instruction anymore. You get a little bit of help in your life from God, and it's like, okay, God, I'm good now. I'm going to fly solo. And what happens when the pilot gets out of the plane after you've been in it for two hours? It goes down. The first thing you want is the pilot to come back because you're like, I wasn't ready. I was just joking. Nobody's laughing. But here's the thing, even though we're weak in this area, we can learn from the scripture and continue to allow God to teach us. We can just keep that in front of us. God, show me your ways. Instruct me, teach me. Make that the prayer of your heart. Make that something that you put in front of you every single day. Hey, God, instruct me today. Instruct me. Listen, you don't have to sit down for four hours and read the Bible to get instructed from the Lord. Now, that's a great place to get resource. But if your heart is the heart of God, show me your ways, instruct me, he can teach you on the way to work in traffic, his ways. Because some of us don't know his ways in traffic on the way to work. We only know our way, and our way is violence and anger and resentment and spilled coffee. I mean, we don't know those things that we should be doing, and so some of us just need to learn God's ways. Some of us need to learn God's ways just as we're getting ready to maybe discipline our child or reinforce a rule in our house or in our home. Some of us need to know the, the ways of the Lord when it comes to making a decision of what we watch or what we don't watch. I mean, some of us just need to know God's ways or instruction when it comes to the, what comes out of our mouth, mouth when we communicate with other people. And so sometimes instruction and his ways can come through things in the midst of why they're going on that aren't necessarily in the religious idea of what they think they should. But we have to be people who are willing to say, God, put me on the pathway of instruction and wisdom. And so the Lord himself, I believe, is a strong and perfect character that we should follow after. There's nobody like God. 
I mean, we sing how God loves us. We sing to shout his name. We sing the songs about his grandeur, his majesty, his holiness. Uh, I'm sure you've sing songs on Saturday night, all kinds of different things about God. And when it comes to him, bottom line is wherever you stand on the issue, there's no one like God. And when it comes to living life, let me just tell you, Jesus walked the earth, the Bible says and records, that he walked perfectly as a man perfectly as a human. And if there's anybody that we should learn from, it would be the person that while he walked on the dust of the ground, followed into the instructions and the pathways of the Father God. Let's go on to verse 12. Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. Okay, so David's prayer or David's cry is, show me your ways, Lord, instruct me, teach me, those kind of things. And it goes on to say in verse 12, who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. Now, verse 12 goes on to show insight on on the idea of instruction. And it really is people who gather instruction from the Lord are people who really, definitely, most wholeheartedly fear God. Now, let me just tell you, when you hear that term, fear God, I don't want you to be afraid because that's not the idea of what's being spoken about here in the Scriptures. Or is it ever really being referred to in the way of what we're pursuing after Him? The fear of God is this. I believe it is a fearful, uh, I mean, I believe it is a fear that is reverence and awe at the wisdom that comes from the individual. Let me put it in this perspective. Now, I'm going to use an illustration that a year and a half ago would have worked really well, but it's the best one I got. Say you're hanging out in your backyard barbecuing in the afternoon, and your wife or your girlfriend or your friend or whatever or Vince comes running into your backyard. First of all, you're going to go like, what's going on, especially if Vince comes running in your backyard? It's because you're cooking steaks, just so you know. That's why he's coming. But he comes running in the backyard, he's holding your phone, he says, hey, hey, listen, Tiger Woods is on the phone and wants to talk to you. Now, if you're not a golfer, you can just ignore this. You can pretend it's somebody else, okay? Can you just work with me here? Tiger Woods wants to talk to you, and you're like, what? You're, you're playing a joke on me. There's no way, Tiger Woods, how would he even get my phone number? Come on, you're, you're, come on, you just want me to go in the house, take the phone call so you can steal my steak, Vince. He said, no, really, I'm telling you, it's Tiger Woods. It's guaranteed. I, here it is. And so you pick up the phone, and there he is, Tiger Woods on the phone. Say, hey, how's it going, Dave? What's going on? And you're just speechless. You're like, what? He said, come on. He goes, listen, we're going to be in the local area playing golf on your golf course in your town. i got three other buddies that are going to come with me and play, and we want to invite you to be our special guest to play a round of golf with us and show, us all, show you all our tips, tricks, and what we do in order to play the best we can. First of all, you would be so speechless, you'd probably have a heart attack. You'd probably pass out. You'd probably tell, tell the world that, uh, you know, you're checking out or whatever. I'm seeing the, the light as I'm going right now. But imagine that call came. It would be overwhelming. And if it was anybody else in an arena, I don't care. You pick somebody. You can shout out a name to me if you want. Who would blow your socks off if they called you and invited you to hang out for a day? Me, I know, right? Dave Ross. If I called you, you're right. Anybody else? So I guess it's me. So I'm going to make some phone calls this week, get some numbers. Vince, help me out. 
So you'd be blown away and you'd be like, no way am I going to miss this opportunity. You would cancel everything. You would put everything on the back burner. You would make sure that the kids had some other ride to school. You'd make sure that they're getting picked up from somebody else. I mean, you wouldn't even care if your kids went to school that day. You'd be like, you know what, dress yourself. If you make it, oh, well, there's, you know, breakfast burritos in the bottom of the freezer. It's just that you would do that because it's such a grand, awesome opportunity that you wouldn't miss out on taking advantage of that opportunity. We think about, I'm thinking about it this way, if a musician came to my house and he said, listen, hey, I want to, Joe Satriani is a pretty cool guitar player. If you don't know who he is, look him up. I listen to his music quite a bit. And uh, if he came to my house and invited me and said, listen, I want to hang out with you every day for a week, for a month, whatever, and I want you just to learn from me, man, I would freak out. I mean, I'd be canceling dates with my wife to go hang out with Joe Satriani. I mean, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'm not saying that I'd go and live with Joe Satriani. I'm saying that I would cancel some things going on in my life, you know, because this is an opportunity that does not come around very often. And there's something about that individual that I'm like, whoa, the wisdom that comes from them in this area would be something I would not pass up. And so we would jump at the chance, we would jump at the opportunity, and we would not even think twice about getting into that kind of situation or relationship with that person. But here's the thing, when it comes to God, there's almost a humbling gratitude or a humbling kind of, oh, thanks, Lord, um, but I can't make it today. Thanks, Lord, but <sighs> got to work. Thanks, Lord, but there's a movie that I really want to watch today, and it's right then at that time. God, you don't understand. I mean, come on. Here is God, the God of the universe, giving you an invitation, this understanding of, hey, I want to instruct you in the way that you should choose. And there's something about knowing that it's God that we should have this fear that says, whoa, here is God wanting to participate in my life. I should back up a little bit and have this kind of response like, me? Really? You want me to come and sit with you and gain instruction and wisdom? I mean, me? Well, you're choosing me? I don't know if any of you saw uh, Pastor Jason's Facebook uh, Friday morning. He posted a, a YouTube video on there from a song, uh, uh, Phil Wickham, True Love Waits. And there's a little section in there of the pastor who's preaching behind the music. And it's really this whole idea of rant and raving of, God, why would you have chosen even me to die for? But let alone, why would you choose me to want me to spend a day with you to hang out? But it's more than a day with the Lord. It's, it's a lifetime that he invites us to be a part of. He wants us to be with him. He wants us to come and learn from him. He wants to be uh, intimate with us so that we may know him, know his ways, know his pathways, know the things and the instructions and the way that we should go. But it comes back to the idea of those who take up the invitation are really those who understand the wisdom that comes from him. It says, who then are those who fear the Lord? With a question. He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. So it's really about the people who say, whoa, wait a minute. This God I hear about, he's got something to offer. This God I've read about, this Jesus that I hear talked about, there's something there to offer. 
And there's an invitation for me to come and gain wisdom and knowledge and insight into my life from him. There has to be a fear to understand, to gain access to the instruction from the Lord. Now, we learn lessons from God, hard ones, when we're not fearing him and doing our own thing. How many have ever learned a hard lesson in life? How many have ever learned something you wish you wouldn't have learned, but now you're glad you know it? And sometimes we gain instruction, but it's not the way that God really gathered the way that we should learn instruction from. It's those who fear the Lord that he will instruct the ways that they should choose. So sometimes we choose the idea of bowing out. We choose the idea of saying, okay, God, I'm not interested. But yet in a personal life, in a personal realm, in a personal agenda, we would never hesitate to invite ourselves or get invited to something and go with the flow on that. And I hear David saying that, man, listen, if you want to be instructed, if you want to know the ways of God, if you want to be in the pathway and the instruction of the Lord, you have to understand of what he offers. You have to come to the place of understanding that there is the God of the universe. There is the person, the individual, the supremacy, the divinity of the one who said, hey, let there be light, and light was on. The one who said, hey, I think a tree should grow in this area and grow. The one who separated the waters from the earth. The one who spoke life into human beings with a breath. There's some wisdom, there's some insight to living from him. And if we can understand of what it is he offers, I think it puts us in a place that says, okay, God, put me on the pathway that I may know from you. I think it's important that we gain knowledge. I think it's important that we search out answers. I think it's important that we get things in our life. Listen, when you want to lose weight, it's good to get a buddy to lose weight with you. Get a a trainer at a gym. When you want to invest money into something, it's good to go find a financial advisor. When you need counseling in your relationships or in your marriage, it's good to go seek out counseling. When you need spiritual help, when you need help in life, don't hesitate to get in line in the pathway with the God of the universe. Don't run from him. Don't run from that. Don't run from the one who offers every answer there is to every question you'll ever have. Don't run from him and be willing to run to something else. And it brings me to this last verse that I want to talk about tonight that I, when I came across this, was kind of speechless for a moment. Because really, if I wanted to take anything, I would take all that other stuff away and I would spend time right here on this tonight. It's verse 14. And when I came across this, I didn't catch it right away, but I want to read it. I want you to listen to it and then I'm going to explain it. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. See that up there? Now you read that and you're like, oh, that's a great verse. It's awesome. It's good. It is. When we go back to the idea, there's something there about fearing the Lord. There's something about understanding what it is that he has to offer. See, in order for us to even get into the place of hearing and knowing God, we have to be able to understand what it is he has to offer. Listen, 
let me just explain something to you. How many know what the word confides actually means? I looked it up because I thought, hey, I'm kind of dumb. So I'm going to look this up because I don't totally get what's being said. Now, I understand, like, if I was to confide in you, I want to share you a secret. I want to let you know on something. Please don't tell anybody else. We kind of get that, right? We get that. But here's what confides mean. It means to disclose private matters or to entrust into another's keeping. Now, look at what it says in the verse. It says that the Lord discloses private matters or entrust into another's keeping those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. Now, most of us are built this way in our relationship with God. Dear God, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to tell you about my stuff. God, here's my stuff. I got this issue. God, don't tell anybody else, okay? Don't let anybody know I got this issue. God, I just, you know, I really need some more money. God, boy, it'd be great to have a new car. I mean, I need that. Oh, God, I need help. I need wisdom in this decision I got to make. You hear that? It's all one-sided. God, here's my stuff. 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 Here's my issue. Here's my problem. Here's my stuff. Now, wait a minute. Listen to the verse again, okay? The Lord, God, Jesus, the master of the universe, wants to, to you, disclose private matters or to entrust into you something of great value. God wants to tell you his secrets. Did you hear that tonight? God wants to confide in you. Now, when I read that, I said, oh, my goodness. Here I am, a selfish prayer person because I come to God with all my stuff, and God's just waiting to share the greatest, latest news with me. Just like your girlfriend or your boyfriend or, or your wife at the end of the day when you come home, they just want to share something with you. Are you kids? They want to share something with you. And you come in the house and you just go, here's all my stuff. I'm going to bed. And God's like, do you understand? I want to disclose to you the private matters of my heart. I want to bring you in. I want you to understand what I have to offer. I want you to fear me and understand what it is that I bring to the table. But I want to be able to talk to you and disclose private things to you that you won't hear anywhere else in your entire life. I want to entrust with you something that you'll never get anywhere else in your entire life. I have that to offer to you. But listen to the next verse that ties this all in. Not the verse, but the next part of the sentence. So the Lord who confides, who discloses private matters to you, or those who fear him, he makes his covenant known to them. You know what covenant means? Promise. So God wants to invite you into relationship. He wants to bring you into a place to share the heart of his life, the secret things of him, the private matters, so that he can reveal to you the promises for your life. Man. 
Some of us are empty inside. Some of us are struggling to know what the future is for what is down the road. Some of us are wondering if we're going to wake up or if we even want to wake up tomorrow, even if we want to go to bed tonight. Listen, God is giving an invitation tonight to bring you into a secret place, to bring you into a place where he can share something with you. You're not going to hear anywhere else about your individual life and disclose to you private matters to reveal to you the promise for your life. That's awesome. That is awesome because that is the God of the universe, the one who offers wisdom beyond anything else that we could ever imagine, ask, or think of. I'm talking about God's grace and this idea. Relationship's not one-sided. It's grace, and grace brings us into an invitation to know God intimately as we want to spill our junk, as we want to spill our secrets. There's even things that we're excited about want to tell God about, but God is with passion waiting to disclose those private matters to you. And as I'm thinking about this idea, uh, we were reading this book in our church called True Face. I just gave one of these to your pastor, Jason, so you might be seeing this pretty soon. But I want to read this part to you in uh, page 51 here. Page 51 to page 52. Bear with me, I'm going to read it. In essence, God says, what if I tell them who they are? What if I take away any element of fear and condemnation, judgment or rejection? What if I tell them I love them, will always love them, that I love them right now, no matter what they've done, as much as I love my only son? that there's nothing they can do to make my love go away? What if I tell them there's no lists? What if I tell them I don't keep a log of past offenses or how little they pray or how often they let me down? Made promises that they don't keep. What if I tell them they're righteous with my righteousness right now? What if I tell them they can't stop beating themselves, they can stop beating themselves up? They can stop being so formal, stiff, and jumpy around me. What if I tell them I'm crazy about them? What if I tell them even though if they run to the ends of the earth and do the most horrible, unthinkable things, that when they come back, I'd receive them with tears and a party? What if I tell them that I'm their savior? They're going to heaven no matter what. It's a done deal. What if I tell them they have a new nature, saints, not saved sinners, who now should buck up and be better if they were any kind of Christians after all he's done for you? What if I tell them they actually live in them now, that I've put my love, my power, and nature inside of them, and it's at their disposal? What if I tell them they don't have to put on a mask, that it's okay to be who they are at this moment with all of their junk? They don't need to pretend about how close we are or how much they pray or don't, how much Bible they read or don't. What if they know they don't have to look over their shoulder for fear if things get too good, the other shoe's going to drop? What if they knew I will never, ever use the word punish in relation to them? What if they knew that when they mess up, I will never get back at them? What if they were convinced that bad circumstances aren't my way of evening the score for taking advantage of me? What if they knew that the basis of our friendship isn't how little they sin, but how much they let me love them? What if I tell them they can hurt my heart, but that I never hurt theirs? What if I tell them that I like Eric Clapton's music too? What if I tell them I never really liked Christmas handbell deals with white gloves? What if I tell them they can open their eyes when they pray and still go to heaven? 
What if I tell them there's no secret agenda, no trap door? What if I tell them it isn't about their self-effort, but about allowing me to live my life through them? That's what God wants to disclose to you. Those private things that you'll never hear anywhere else. God's not angry with you. God's not waiting to punish you. It's not waiting to destroy you. He's simply giving you an invitation to know exactly who he is. Romans 3, I mean, Revelation 3.20 is that invitation. It says, here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, and here's the catcher, I will come in and I will eat with him and he with me. In our culture today, that sounds very trivial. But in the culture of Jesus Christ, what it meant was the most intimate place of relationship that you could have with another friend or human being at that time was inviting them to a meal to sit across a table from you and partake in food together. And so here's the invitation. Here I am. I'm always knocking on the door of your heart. And all I want to do is come in. I want to come in. And I want to disclose my private matters to your life. I want to give you information. I want to give you things, the wisdom and the instruction and the pathways for living. I want to show you what it is to truly know who I am and truly be connected to me. I want to eat with you and you with me. Let's pray. You've been listening to gravitychurch.com.